Hello and welcome back to Ten Percent, presented today by Helen Woodward. And today my guest is Rob Caldwell, leader of Oasis Innovation Teaching School, where you lead initial teacher training, and you're also the co-founder of Penrose Education. Uh, thank you for being our guest today, Rob. Ah, it's a pleasure to be here, Helen. So none of us have formally learned how to take our classes online, uh, and we're curious to know, Rob, um, what learning has helped underpin where you've got to so far with your initial teacher training students? I think the first thing that we've had to do is admit exactly that to ourselves, that we haven't been formally trained to teach online. That doesn't mean that there aren't sensible approaches we can take or ways that we can draw on existing expertise and knowledge to help navigate this new world. But we do have to have that self-awareness to know that this is new to all of us. Uh, I found that EEF's approach to advising on remote teaching to be quite helpful in that regard. Uh, they've been the first to admit that there are limitations to the evidence base that underpins the advice they've been giving out. In fact, they've got a big limitation section in front of some of the materials they've produced. There's, there just is barely any evidence of what good teaching looks like during a global pandemic. It's not like we can all look back to what it was like when COVID-18 was sweeping the world five years ago. This is new for us. Uh, and the EEF still offers helpful advice and suggestions, but the onus is very much on the school and the teacher to then make a decision about what to try to best meet the needs of their own pupils. There are some obvious non-negotiables like well-being or workload or safeguarding considerations that have to come into every decision you make. But beyond that, suggested lines of inquiry are probably all that we can hope for from organisations like the EEF. Why not think about X or why not consider Y? And in fact, maybe that's what this year has emphasised is, is that as useful as expertise and knowledge are, there's always a learning process when trying to apply knowledge into a new context. Yeah. And we're all operating in a new context. From what I can see, the schools that seem to have done the best over the past year are those that both have a really clear core set of ideas about what they want their teaching and learning to look like, a clear, carefully designed curricula, but also have then taken an almost experimental approach to translating those core principles into this new reality that they're facing. This experimentation should be ambitious, it should be underpinned by what we know about good teaching, it should be carefully reflected upon and should be done in dialogue with colleagues, but it's still experimenting and we kind of have to own up to that okay i'm liking this actually so it's, it's very much um there are some things that as you say are non-negotiable because we do know what good teaching and learning looks like but the context of course has changed completely and i like that there is space for professional judgment i think that's really important mm. and i like the i like the idea of paradox as well i, I was listening to Barack Obama being uh, interviewed by Brene Brown the other day. And one of the things he's talked about was the importance of being able to live with the paradox. Yeah. And actually, in his view, that's where transformation takes place. But, you know, for training teachers, this is tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody. Yeah. For training teachers, this is really tough. So how are you supporting them to prepare and take their lessons online? It's been interesting. One of the nice or maybe less nice things about this year is that it's leveled the playing field a bit. Almost everyone has had to become a novice again in some way or other. You can have the most expert teacher, expert educationalist in the country who before March last year had never made a Zoom call, had never shared a file using OneDrive. Yeah. 
probably would argue that everyone is always a novice in something, no matter how expert they are. In fact, definitely we would argue that. But this year's just brought that home like never before. It's obvious to everyone that we're all in this together. We're all learning together. And our wonderful trainees have just had to embrace that. Trainers, our trainers are learning how to deliver their training sessions remotely at the same time as the classroom mentors are having to learn how to move their practice online at the same time as the actual children are having to learn how to learn online at the same time as the trainee themselves learning how to somehow teach in the midst of all of that. It's possibly quite intimidating for trainees or even scary. Hopefully there's also a kind of empowering element to it though as well um, and maybe a good lesson for them to learn early on. We're still learners, even when we've been in education for a while, even those who've got loads of teaching expertise can still find themselves in a situation where they need to learn something new. Uh, On a practical level, all the schools that we work with have obviously been putting on support and training and workshops for their own staff on how how they want to move things online or what what they're going to move online and how they're going to do that. And our trainees have been able to slot into those uh, and they're in the same boat as everyone else which is in some ways quite nice in some ways might be a bit intimidating again and we've tried to model good practice in our own training sessions as well which are almost entirely remote this year um our specific itt program works in partnership with the university of manchester and they've sent around some really helpful advice on make on how to make training engaging uh, which has been really helpful they've given us some nice suggestions on the blend of asynchronous and synchronous learning and how to structure those into a plan and how to build different tasks and activities around those those kinds of those kinds of frameworks i suppose they've given us some good guidance on tech that we could use and how we might use it and they've also given us some really great tips on how to elicit feedback from our trainees to assess what they what they are actually learning now that we're trying to do everything online and i guess finally mentors have always just been have always been important but my goodness we were reliant on on them this year the mentors role in my view has always been about helping the trainee make the bridge from their talk content into the reality of the classroom but this year it's just a way more extreme version of that quite a few people that are involved in running this course are no longer in the classroom and so there's there's quite a lot of us that aren't facing the realities of this new version of teaching that we're facing with so we need the mentors more than ever that bridge has never been more important um and Probably we're also in more contact with our mentors, maybe more so than we would normally be. And that's been really fab. That's hopefully something that we'll try and keep. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that sounds really interesting. And particularly the role of mentors, uh, which has always been so foundational in, in people's experience of actually training. Because that's it's your mentor who is the person that's there with you far more frequently than your ITT tutor. So, yeah, really, really powerful role, actually. Um, And I'm aware that in Oldham, you know, you're working in an area of multiple deprivation, actually. So a lot of the children that are being taught will have, we can assume most of them have got access to a phone, but we certainly can't assume they've all got access to a laptop. So it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, really tough. Um, So my last question for this morning, how are you assessing online teaching for your students? You know, how do they know, or how do you know, how do we know what good looks like when it comes to online teaching and learning and how are they being assessed? It's really tricky. I guess the first question is to ask, what are we assessing? 
our, tra our trainees are trying to learn how to teach generally. They're not specifically here. They didn't specifically sign up to learn how to teach online during a pandemic. And so we've, we've tried to find a balance there. We want to focus on the general teaching skill yeah. of our trainees, but we can't ignore the fact that a lot of what they're having to do, a lot of what they're having to learn is perhaps things that they, would, they wouldn't have had to learn two years ago. Um, practically, we've tried to keep a lot of things the same. So the University of Manchester has this concept of a weekly log where trainees record their own strengths and targets, often okay. kind of in dialogue with their mentor. And we've kept that and that's shared between a few people. So there's that nice transparency and professional communication. Uh, and depending on whether schools are open again by the time the next long placement starts, we've obviously kept mentor observations and we'll keep those into, into the summer term. Mm. The real challenge has been any kind of external observation or external visit. Okay. Schools are reasonably saying to us that they just can't have outsiders okay. popping into their building to watch their trainees, the, the trainees in action. It's totally fair, totally reasonable but poses a real challenge to us. One workaround that we've uh, been using is asking the trainees to film themselves teaching. Okay, so yeah. the university already has in the past asked trainees to do this, but it used to be that it was really, it wasn't really to be shared. It was just for the trainee to be able to watch back and then reflect on their own practice. Mm -hmm. But we've been asking trainees to get into the habit of sharing some of these videos with us so that we can actually can actually see them teach yeah, yes. it's not the same as being in the classroom you miss a lot of the feeling and we specifically don't film the children and so you lose a lot by not being able to judge the reactions and how how it's been received but we've also seen some real benefits being able to watch these back sometimes together with the trainee is, is a really powerful exercise uh, i know that pre-pandemic there were loads of people advocating this approach to lesson observations um jim knight uh, is a big advocate yes. of the role of filming and how it how it can inform professional development and i knew that and i'd read that and i kind of bought into the theory and maybe it was just covid gave us the nudge we needed to actually give it a go um and yeah. we'll probably hang on to that post-pandemic interesting yeah interesting um, and, and again, the mentors, they're just, they're, they're crucial. Unless things change pretty dramatically before the summer, the mentors are going to be some of the only people who are going to have been physically present with these trainees as they begin actual teaching, which is mad. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, we've got fab mentors who we really trust to give us kind of balanced and thoughtful and accurate summaries of how our trainees are doing. Uh, but it's still it's still a really strange situation, and we're really grateful to our mentors. They, uh, we've, we've, a lot has been asked of them this year, even more than a usual year. Okay, okay. So there's a big shout out of thanks to all the mentors. And big shout out of thanks to all the mentors, and also to our trainees. They've risen. They've risen to the challenge of this bonkers year, and they're doing brilliantly despite everything. We're confident that we're going to have some amazing, resilient, reflective caring, knowledgeable NQTs joining the profession in September. Big shout out to them. Okay. So I'm, I'm hearing some really, really powerful messages. I'm hearing learning for everybody, reflection for everybody, some things that we'll take into the new future, whatever that looks like. Um, and I'm hearing a really big shout out of thanks. And I think we can say to initial teacher trainees, 
and to their mentors and teacher training providers everywhere. Um, and actually, we can be safe in the knowledge that we have a really clear set of teacher standards and we have the evidence to help, help people kind of bench and see progress against those standards. So as I'm hearing some really positive messages all around, uh, Rob, we're, uh, we're coming to the end of our session today, but thank you so much for your time and your thoughts and your insight um, and your experience that you brought to this session. And uh, we wish you and your trainees and your mentors um, a very successful rest of the year. Thanks so much. Goodbye now. Thank you.